Welcome to Question Mark, the podcast. Exploring the greatest story ever told with open minds and open hearts. We light it up, we won't come down. And the sun can't stop us now. Watching it come true, it's taking over you. And this is the greatest show. Where it's covered in all the colored lights. And the runaways are on in the night. Impossible comes true, it's taking over you. And this is the greatest show. Hello everybody, welcome again to Question Mark, the podcast as we look at the Gospel of St. Mark. And uh, today we're gonna to be trying out a new format rather than simply having a uh, general discussion or conversation. Um, my guests and I are gonna be answering some very uh, com commonly asked questions. Actually, some of these questions having been sent in by the listeners to this podcast. Uh, and we're going to try it out as a, as a kind of a trial today to see how it goes. And let us know in, in your comments, if you, if you don't mind, what you thought about it. Um, and as far as your participation is concerned, we'd love to hear your questions and your thoughts about the podcast uh, in advance from now on, if possible, because we'd love to use your questions as we go forward, looking at this amazing story together. Uh, and don't forget, uh, please do follow us. Um, whether you're listening on Apple or on Spotify, uh, or if you're watching on YouTube, do subscribe because uh, every time that you do that, the algorithms, and I'm not an expert in all this sort of thing, but the algorithms make it so that other people are more likely to get to see it and to hear about the podcast as well. So please, for the help of others, if you didn't mind subscribing or following, that would be amazing. So uh, I'm so excited today because I'm uh, welcoming here my good friend, Phil Orchard, as we look at the, the last episode in chapter one of Mark's Gospel, Jesus and the Leper. And Phil, it's, it's, it's wonderful to see you again. Um, tell me, who are you? Um, for the benefit of our listeners who may not know you, and of course, and the other question is, how do, how do we know each other? Could you explain a little bit about that? Certainly. Thank you very much, Steph, for welcoming me and inviting me to this, um, to this podcast and uh, uh, looking forward to our conversation together. Um, yeah, we've known each other for, I forget how many years, but quite a few years by being part, basically, of the same church in Southampton and uh, sharing lots of things along the way together um, in all sorts of directions. And uh, that's, been, that's been a joy over the years, probably decades now, isn't it, Steph? I think so. Um, and, um, uh, you, you know, I've, I've, during that time that, that I've known you, I've, I've had various hats on, on roles to play, if you like. I have been one of the church leaders as it were, for, for, for quite a number of years. But I was also a, a school teacher before that, not teaching uh, with you, uh, Steph, but in, in different schools. And uh, I've also worked with, um, with young adults with learning disabilities in a, in a charity situation. And now I am, I am newly re retired, which has uh, made me busier than ever because um, uh, although I have no formal employment, um, I am very uh, 
eagerly engaged in in um, Bible teaching and biblical training of of church leaders internationally through through a program of school of ministries that we run based out of here at the moment in Southampton and that keeps me very very busy with all sorts of um, training materials both preparing them revising them and teaching them uh, live or via video especially during the time of lockdown there's been a, a lot of that so so there's lots of things there and uh, that's a little bit about me but basically I love God and I love the word of God. So to teach it, to talk about it, to grapple with it, to study it, to be challenged by it and shaped by it, by the spirit who inspired it is, is just what I enjoy most. That's brilliant, Phil. What a great introduction. And uh, for those who don't know Phil, and as he says, I've had the pleasure of knowing him. I've now sort of calculated this, Phil. I think it must be about 36 years. Um, <laughs> and, and during that time, I know those who've heard him will agree with me. Um, he's never said a dull sermon. Um, he has spoken about the word of God in a way that's really interesting, articulate and, and powerfully moving actually, um, invariably. And um, I know those who've heard him as well would have totally agree with me. And if you've never heard Phil, um, I can only recommend him because he is brilliant. And I'm, I'm saying that without wanting to big him up um, unnecessarily because I'm just saying my genuine my genuine thoughts um, so it's an absolute pleasure to have Phil on the show today and uh, we're in safe hands folks that's all I would say um, so we're looking today at chapter one again uh, the last episode in chapter one however and it's verses 40 to 45 of that chapter and we're going to be listening first of all to Lucy Lucy Warner who will be reading the the passage for us or if you're on YouTube we'll, you'll have a bonus clip of the film I am Mark. Mark chapter 1 verses 40 to 45 New International Version. Jesus heals a man with leprosy. A man with leprosy came to him and begged on his knees if you are willing you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing he said. Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news as a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Well, thank you very much indeed, Lucy. Um, Phil, let, let me start by asking you just your first impressions, your first reaction to that passage. What's your, what are your, what's your first in, in, and initial thought? Well, it's, it, it's difficult to have an initial reaction to it because I've had such a strong reaction to it for many years. And it's always been one of those powerful, powerful, uh, impacting encounters that Jesus had with an individual. Yes. And uh, that's, I think, what 
still Im impacts me personally about it, that this desperate man, uncertain of his reception when he comes to Jesus, is, is, is met not, not with just a, a, a power figure, and not just with a healing, but met with a compassionate God. And so it's, it's just demonstrating that the gospel is indeed good news because it was good news for this man. He didn't know what he was going to get. He could have been rebuffed or, or, or shunned like he'd experienced for most of his life. But, but he met Jesus and went away utterly changed by it. So just that powerful impact and the emotion that it, that it contains whilst being understated. Uh, I can't imagine Jesus doing this in a cold, unemotional way. Yes. In fact, we know he doesn't because he, he's filled with compassion or, 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 or there's an emotional response mm. before there's even a, a, a healing response. Mm. And so he's touched by this man yes. and moved by his plight and responds to it eagerly. I'm sorry, I'm going on and on about it, but it's all it's all there. And that's what impacts me straight away um, again and again whenever I, I, I read this. And, and, and it is there in Matthew, Mark and Luke, you know, so it's sort of you can't miss this particular healing and this particular miracle um, at all. Use the use the G word there, Phil. God, um, are you implying then Jesus is God in this respect, and this is a picture of God and how he how he feels? Because you've stressed that word emotion quite a lot as well. Uh, well, I, I am. I I I didn't intend to uh, you know imply that directly straight away, but but yes, I think I think this this incident. And, and miracle surely points to God mm. um, and, um, and, and, and not just points to God in terms of power. Um, after all, the, the Jews would have believed that there was only one being who could potentially ever cure anyone of leprosy, and that would be God. So he's already sort of ticking that box for them wow. by doing it. Yeah, but there's more than that. There's the what sort of God is this that's curing and healing this man? This is a God who is touched by our infirmities, yeah. who is more than willing. You know that 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 interchange. If you're willing, I am willing. Yes, and and even the phrase I know we'll, we maybe come to it separately or again, but even the phrase about Jesus being moved or filled with compassion is of the very same phrase used of the father god uh, the father figure in the parable of the lost sons the prodigal son right when he saw the prodigal son returning yes the father looked out and filled with compassion same phrase wow. ran to meet him and we've always thought and i would ascribe to this that this is a picture of God himself, his compassion in that parable yes. um, towards lost people. Well, I, I never made that connection before. Thank you. That's a brilliant idea about those two phrases being very similar and um, pointing to the, in the same direction in terms of meaning. And 
That's really good. Now, Phil, I just want to say, um, as I said earlier, we are kind of changing the format slightly. And we could go on talking about this in, in general terms and not involving anyone else at all. But actually, there have been some questions being brought up about this passage. And I'd just like to mention one or two of them from, from listeners, if that's all right, and see, see what you think. I mean, I think the, the first questions that I, I've received is about leprosy. You know, could you describe leprosy? What's it mean here? Well, I mean, I'm no, I'm no expert on this particular thing at all, Steph. Um, I only know what I read and what other people can read. Um, and that is every time the word leprosy is used in English here in our translation in the Bible, there's usually a footnote to say something to the effect of that the Greek word is used for various diseases, diseases affecting the skin, not just the narrower term leprosy as we might understand it today right now um but it would include leprosy <laughs> yeah. as, as we would uh, understand it today in a sense whatever the condition or the range of conditions that the word described it had the same effect anyway upon the individual it was physical and in many ways debilitating and probably progressive but it was equally socially ostracizing mm. because this poor individual under the law of the Old Testament had to distance themselves. It was like in enforced isolation, not for seven days, 10 days or 40 days, but for the rest of their life, or at least until there was identifiable um, evidence that they no longer had the condition. So they had, to fend, they had to fend for themselves. They couldn't rely on relatives or you know, they couldn't live with anyone, basically. No, they had to live outside of the camp, right. the, the, the community. And if they came anywhere near, they had to literally cry out, unclean, unclean. It's there in, in Leviticus, um, the, the particular, you know, um, very detailed instructions as to how to live if you have any of these conditions and then how to how to respond if you if something changes yes. to go to the priest for for a third party objective um verification that that uh, that something may may be different and better even right well that may explain one or two things that later on in the story i think so yes it, it is and also you mentioned that word clean or unclean and that, and that actually is another question that's come up. Um, you know, Jesus says, be clean. What he doesn't say is be healed. Mm. And that seems a bit odd because we would expect him, if he was going to heal him, to, to heal him. And that would be it. He wouldn't say those particular words. Could you explain what Jesus was going on about that? Is it, is it to do with the, the idea of being leprosy, being unclean? And if you're, if you're cured of it, therefore you are clean is that is that it yes and there were a whole range of things that could under the old testament law could make you ceremonially unclean and so the the uncleanness is to do with with um with separation that you're no longer able to connect with people but probably even more importantly you're, you're unclean before a clean and holy god you cannot connect with god in the same way um, but it's all wrapped up together because the connecting with God was 
as part of the people of God through the, the priestly system. And, and you were separated from all of that. Um, not only that, you were the source potentially of making other people unclean. Because again, according to the law, it only worked one way. If something was unclean, that uncleanness would be transmitted to anyone who came near enough to touch whatever it was that was unclean. Wow. So we're talking th diseases like this, or for example, a dead body, or, or, or even a house that has mildew within it. You know, there's various interesting details that obviously are to do with health and uh, and hygiene and and preservation of life and sensible stuff that seems a little bit weird to us today because we're not in that culture or time mm. but but really was very wise and sensible um this one's a bit extreme isn't it because it does seem so cruel and unfair on the individual with the condition you've got the condition and on top of that you can't mix with anyone either that's um, right it doesn't it's difficult to know which is more 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 terrible for the individual to have the condition which is in some cases going to be a, a death sentence uh, albeit slowly uh, or to be ostracized from the community and indeed separated from god i mean from those people in that time that would have been if, if you like a fate worse than death yes so, so i think the be cleansed you know the, the cleansing as opposed to just the healing, yes. which Jesus then uses. Well, I mean, he's repeating what the man has said himself. If you're willing, you can make me clean. So the, the man is, is identifying his own uncleanness, isn't he? Um, and all that that describes. And Jesus is saying, well, first of all, he, before he says anything, he touches the man. Yes. Okay. So wait a minute, according to the law, this man, with whatever this is that's called leprosy, has now made the person touching him unclean. Yes. And Jesus is showing something, demonstrating something radically about the new nature of the kingdom of God, that actually it's working the other way around. He, the, the, the king, he, the Messiah, is actually able to transcend this law and transmit his cleanness right. to this unclean man, as opposed to the other direction of the uncleanness being transmitted to him. Right. And to prove it, the leprosy goes. So it's not like it's all in the head and you have to just hope for the best and imagine it. And not only that, go to the priest and get it. It's a bit like, and now go to the doctor and get it checked out mm. that you are properly healed. Mm not just that you have to believe it somehow, but really there's no change in your symptoms. And all of that. What you're saying is it's hugely symbolic. It's not simply the physical healing that's at stake here. We know that because of the, the nature of being unclean, but it's also about the fact that Jesus touched him, that in touching him, he was making a statement, wasn't he, yes. about himself and about God. It's not just showing compassion, it's actually a statement of his very identity. Yes. And if he can touch the, the most extreme of example of uncleanness, then he can touch anyone. And this kingdom that he's talking about is really, really good news. And maybe it's all linked with what he's going to go on to later when he talks about, well, new, 
new wine requires new wineskins. This is this is another new wineskin. I'm going to redefine what the Sabbath means yeah. um, because you've kind of missed the point of it. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm now going to show you that you've probably missed the point about God as well. And so, what he feels so, about. Yeah. Sorry, go on. And what he feels about people who need help, people who need forgiveness, people who need cleansing and cleansing is more than just your well physically it's about spiritual cleansing uh, community involvement uh, relationships restored kingdom life is 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 shalom wholeness so hold on we just just let me stop you there a little a little bit what what we need to i guess make it clear to our listeners is that this this story is part of a, a bigger story um and if yeah. you've missed any of the other episodes, you won't know that Jesus had made it his kind of mission statement, if you like, to say that the kingdom of God has come um, yes. in, in him, actually, yes. uh, initially. Yeah. And uh, as you said, later on, there's many, there are many episodes explaining what that is. So that's the first thing I think we need to establish that we're talking about something in, in a context here. Yes. But also... What you, you've just said, it's not just about people in those days, is it? It's about all of us. If that's what, if what you said is true. If well, I wonder why, why, would, why would Mark, as the writer, why would he single this out? It's just, he's just put down a few verses earlier that, that met the whole town gathered at the door where Jesus was, and he healed many who had various diseases. Yes. And now he singles out one one of those healings yes. for specific treatment. All the rest are just covered under a general phrase. Wow. And so I think, I think it definitely is something that he was deliberately saying that now this is the sort of thing that this Messiah, this King of this new kingdom is going to do. He's going to heal people. He's going to liberate people in a bigger way than just, they'll get better physically because the kingdom's bigger than just being well physically and so on. So but yeah, for all time. Yeah, I agree. In a, in a nutshell, we all need this liberation. Uh, in a nutshell, absolutely we do, yes. Fantastic. We may not have leprosy, we may not be obviously sick, but there is a disconnection with God and probably often with people as well that only a connection through Jesus as, as, as the, the, the king on the throne can, can really begin to tackle the, the root of it in our lives and change things radically, therefore. This Jesus figure here, if it's the same one who is operating in our lives, this Jesus uh, is full of compassion, isn't he? Um, although we may be unclean, um, and the leper certainly feels he's unclean. Yeah. Um, he's not received with distaste or animosity or... or Which he might have feared he would have been. Yeah. Sorry, say that again. I missed that. He, the man might have feared he would have been met with animosity or rejection or, or hostility or just distance. Yes, I'll heal you, but don't come any closer. Yes. That sort of cold divinity as opposed to compassionate nature yeah. 
And by the way, this, this phrase filled with compassion is, is all, I checked on this. It's mentioned, it's used 12 times in the gospels. And each time a miracle happens. Whenever it says Jesus was moved in his innermost being, which is what the phrase means, fill, filled with compassion is a way of putting it into sort of understandable terms for us. It literally means moved in his innermost bowels even, um, literally. It's to do with the inner organs of the body. Yeah. The place where the, where the Jews believed was the seat of your emotions. We talk about our heart, don't we? I love you with all my heart. Um, well, they would have sent a Valentine's card where I love you with all my bowels. <laughs> Can I suggest you'd never send one of those to your wife? Because I've not tried yet and I don't intend to start now. But, but you take my point that, that, that it says, you know, there's something earthy and he was moved in his guts, as it were. Let's, let's, uh, and, and, and every time that's used in the Gospels, something powerful, miraculous even happens. Both the feeding of the 4,000 and the feeding of the 5,000, it says he saw the crowds and he had compassion on them. Same phrase. So there's crowds and there's individual encounters. My favourite. Can I tell you my favourite stuff? Oh, yeah, 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 yes. Luke chapter 7, the widow of Nain. There's Jesus coming into this, this village and he sees a funeral procession. And not only that, there's this poor woman on her own following a coffin. She's a widow, so she's already lost her husband. And this person inside the coffin is her only son. She's now lost her only son. Not only is this heartbreaking, but she's also going to be probably destitute as well afterward because of it. And it says, of course, Jesus was moved deeply within him. Same phrase as this, moved. He didn't just think, oh, here's an opportunity to show that I'm powerful or work a miracle. He is moved with compassion so that he goes up to the coffin itself, stops the procession, touches the corpse in the coffin, and it says, and raising the young man back to life he gives him back to his mother i mean how much more beautifully compassionate can you get than the description like that and that is jesus and jesus says if you've seen me you've seen the father that's what god's like it's fantastic phil that's amazing very moving i i think we're coming up to the end of our first half very soon, Phil. But um, one more question that's come up is, that, is about that word compassion. Because in some translations, I think even the very translation which uh, Lucy read from, the NIV, um, it sometimes says um, Jesus was full of indignation or Jesus was indignant rather than full of compassion. And they seem to be very different and give an altogether different impression, I, I, I would say. Uh, can you, I mean, can you first of all explain why there is a difference? And then secondly, what could, what could indignant actually suggest? I don't know why there's some discrepancy between whether it's here in this particular 
passage, it's compassion or indignation. Um, I yes. can see a justification for either, but I don't quite know linguistically what, what you know, whether there are different manuscripts or- I think, or I, think, I think to be fair, having asked that question, I, I, I have done some reading about this and it, it does seem to me that there was an, another manuscript and that that's, that's the reason why there is that variation in, in these translations. And, and I don't have a problem with that at all, because there are other instances in the Gospels when Jesus was definitely moved with indignation, when he was moved with anger. In fact, um, I, did a, I did a very interesting uh, study a while ago now in the Gospels of, of the emotional life of Jesus. Everywhere where anything to do with his emotions was described, and every time the phrase, whatever his emotion, whether that was love or, 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 um, or indignation or compassion or, you know, or, or, or that intensity, for example, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he's um, uh, absolutely moved with the anticipation of the cross, um, everything is described in the most extreme of terms. So there's something about Jesus as the perfect human being, as well as God, that shows that he was able to, to, to be in touch with his emotions. They were not a fearful thing to him, nor a cause of sin to him, but he was able to express, feel them and express them uh, in quite extreme terms. And so, um, and so for him to be in, what would he be indignant about here? He wasn't indignant with the man. I can only imagine uh, uh, that Jesus as he was when he saw any injustice or, or, or pain or, or death, he was indignant that, that this is what has happened to God's wonderful world and the people that he loves. Mm. This is not the kingdom of God. This is the, the enemy who comes to kill and steal and destroy. Or he was indignant at people's lack of faith or, or, or uh, or even his own disciples, their lack of faith and understanding, their slowness to appreciate something, um, because he saw beyond what, what the situation was to what it could be. But I do think here um, uh, that, that, it's, that it's much more likely to be um, compassion as opposed to in indignation. And in fact, I you know I checked out the the, the Greek word there for, for for it in this particular passage. Well, according to the manuscript that that they were using, and it was definitely the the phrase that I've been trying to unpack a little bit. Jesus moved in inwardly with compassion, um, but I just think it's an, probably an excellent indication of the whole emotional um, perfection of Jesus that he could experience these things he wasn't he wasn't cold and distant and neutral about anything he was what he was moved by people yes. he was moved by it with anger uh, um, by the 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 sheer stubborn disbelief of the pharisees the willful rejection of him and and therefore of god so, so you know these are all these are all aspects of the same wholeness of emotional being that Jesus was. I wonder, as we become more and more like Jesus, whether we get more in touch with our emotions um, and, and are able to experience them. That's 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 an interesting discussion in itself, probably. It's fascinating. I mean, in performing the character of Jesus for I am Mark and Mark in the park, 
um, that's been a, a constant source of debate actually between myself and uh, my various directors about you know, the personality of Jesus, because we mm -hmm. like to believe, and I still 100% do believe this, that Jesus, um, it, whatever his other feelings, his predominant one is one of love. Um, that his attitude to us is unconditional love. It's, you know, the example you gave today of the leper or the, the story of the prodigal son, it's, it's the same. You know, we can mess up, we can muck up, but his love for us remains um, just as strong. Yes. Um, but at the same time, there are these moments, aren't there, where Jesus goes to this, these extremes of emotion. So it's about, for a performance, to couple that overriding, uh, unconditional love for humanity, which Jesus has, even for his enemies, who he asks his father to forgive at his crucifixion. Mm. At the same time, the indignation that you've referred to, the, 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 the anger sometimes as well, yeah. um, it's holding those things in balance. So I guess rather than God wanting us to be in touch with our emotions, plain and simple, it's about us sharing the emotions of Jesus, I would imagine. Uh, that he wants us to love, that's clear, love our neighbour, but also not to be um, afraid of other emotions, which are more extreme, if you like, but in, the, in, in that cause. Yes, yes, I agree. Mm -hmm. We better leave it there for the moment, Phil, because uh, waiting in the wings is my, and your good friend, Mikey Powell, um, who's got a lovely song for us today called Yesterday's Meal. And if anyone's never heard Mikey um, before, I just want to explain, he's uh, the Director of Worship at New Community Church Southampton. And um, he is passionate about worship and about writing songs. He likes to think that his songs are creative and authentic, and I think they are actually, but they're also a great deal of fun. So without further ado, Mikey Powell. I've been treading water, I've been standing still. I've been waiting in the shadows. I've been surviving off of yesterday's meal. That won't last me till tomorrow For we cannot live on bread alone No, we will not satisfy For we need the very voice of God We need the words of life So
Well, welcome back, everybody, to the second part of episode six of Question Mark. And as I mentioned earlier today, we have Phil Orchard, who has been speaking about Mark chapter one, verses 40 to 45. And it's been a brilliant chat so far. Thank you ever so much, Phil. And, and during Mikey's tong, uh, song, I, I was saying to you, wasn't I, how, how clear it was that what you said. And uh, yet you pulled no punches. It was going right to the heart, I think, of the passage so far. I'm so glad that you were able to join us today. Um, we do have a few more bits and pieces, though, to tidy up, though, don't we, Phil? And they, they're not just unimportant details either, either, because they do seem to be very significant. Um, I mean, one of the first things, and again, a, que a question that's come through from uh, our listeners. Um, why does Jesus tell the leper sternly not to tell anyone about the miracle? Any thoughts? Well, only that when he, I mean, first, my first thought is surely Jesus was not going to be surprised that the man was going to go out and tell loads of people suddenly that this miracle had happened to him. This, this man who they would know about this, you know, this unclean person is now okay. Um, and looks okay, and 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 is probably jumping around in joy. Um, so, to, but but you're right. He does. It does say he gave him a strong warning or, or told him sternly. Yes. Um, and all I can think of is really is well. Look what happened then when he did tell people mm. that that of course the crowds would have made it virtually impossible him to carry on as he was and that's why he had to retreat to more solitary places and and still they sought him out that's a very interesting point you raised there you say carry on as he was so i suppose you're implying he had a particular purpose uh something he was carrying on with um and you're saying that because of the crowds he was basically prevented from doing that what was the purpose? What was he carrying on with exactly? Well, it seems to me that that he was his his purpose, his his um, his mission, if you like, there and then was to go to as many villages and towns of of Israel one by one in person and teach about the kingdom of God and demonstrate it there in person. But he didn't want premature um, publicity, as it were, or, or the, the, the adulation of the crowds, because that would, that, maybe that was unrealistic. <laughs> maybe, how do you, uh, um, I mean, he, what he certainly didn't want is he didn't want recognition from evil spirits whenever they started to say, you are the holy one of God. He silenced them immediately. He's not going to have his true identity revealed by um, by a demonic spirit instead. And you know he's got something to reveal that will take time. That a miracle or the 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 the, the sole emphasis on miracles and healings will possibly obscure. Yes, because everyone will be after that, won't they? Indeed. I mean, because everyone's got something they want healing or changing or a relative that needs needs something happening to, to make them better. 
rather than and so give me give me what i need jesus um <laughs> you know the, isn't it he, he has something more important than simply to do that uh, he wanted to implant in people's minds and hearts that god was doing something new he's bringing in his kingdom yeah. into the world yeah and, and it doesn't sound quite as exciting does it as but you couldn't walk and now, now I'm going to help you to walk again. Or you've got leprosy and now your skin is perfectly clear. You know, which would you go for? I always think that about, I know we're jumping the gun a bit here, Steph, but um, in your next chapter, you know, with the, um, the paralytic and he says to him, your son, son, your sins are forgiven. And I'm thinking, I bet the man was a bit disappointed. He didn't come for forgiveness of sins. He came because he couldn't walk. Yeah. <laughs> but he got both. Got both. Yes. That's fascinating. But, you know, also it makes me think, why did Jesus come at all at that particular juncture of history mm. or in time? Mm. Why, why, why was that? And I don't, and that's a big question and I don't have a big answer to it. But all I can think of, for one thing, is if he came now for the first time. Yes. Well, it, it would, what would happen? In no time, you'd have this, this publicity, this advertising, this across the world—you yes. uh, know, the the the, the social media, the, the yes. everything about it would just be blown out out of the air, wouldn't it? I remember you you and I both watched that uh, Netflix film or that series, the the Messiah, which had that exact scenario, did it not? The idea of um, yes. a Messiah-like figure coming to Earth in the twenty-first century. Yes, and the publicity machine was yeah. was huge. It was just yes. yeah. I'm, I'm, so so there is maybe that's part of it at least. You yeah. know, why did he tell him not to tell other people? Yes. Um, Do you think also? I wonder that it tells us a little bit about the character of Jesus as well. But he's never one to court publicity. Um, he's someone who yeah, he's not after celebrity. Uh, his acts of generosity are simply that, they're acts of generosity uh, and of love. And maybe that says something about God as well, I wonder, that God is mm. not always out to make a big show. And yeah. some of us who want God to do that, maybe we're barking up the wrong tree, that he's probably more likely to act in behind the scenes in, in some yes. And there's something awfully seductive about popularity, isn't there? Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think sometimes we think of Jesus' suffering as to do with his persecution and, and, and torture. And of course, that is suffering. But there was the suffering of, of what, when they wanted to make him king by force, yes. for example. And he had to retreat and away from that. But I tell you what, there's something in our flesh that would sort of rise to it. All these people thinking I'm, I'm the king, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm the best thing ever. And of course he was, but he, that wasn't what he was, it wasn't his time for that. So you're, you're implying that there's a temptation even here for Jesus that uh, potentially to, uh, to court that popularity. And actually he knows yeah. in his heart that's not appropriate. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah. And then the, the, the success and the popularity leads to the jealousy of the Herodians and the Pharisees, and they conspire against him. So one thing leads to another. You get the popularity and the hostility. Yes. You have to cope with both at the same time. 
for a while, but but he's trying all the time to to, to sort of delay it. I think. I you think know, you go your way and and make sure you're walking. You, the leper, the ex-leper. Um, but uh, I think but don't publicise it. I think that says an awful lot, doesn't it? Um, for us who are in public ministry as well, that um, the temptations are there to yeah. court the, the crowds, as it were. And yes. um, alas, one could suggest that happens some days to people. But at the same time, it's not. that's not what it's all about. Um, no, no. Ah, wow. Thank you, Phil, for that. That's really good. Um, and another question that's come through is uh, uh, similar to that, maybe connected, actually. Um, what does it mean when Jesus tells him to go off to see the priest and, and do that before, you know, he talks to anyone? Um, what, what's that all about? Can, can you explain? Because that's, for many of us, I think, as we read that, it's a bit strange, Yes, and, and we don't have the culture and background of, uh, of Judaism if we're not, you know, from that background anyway. Um, I think there's, you remember what we said earlier about Jesus introducing the newness of the kingdom. Well, the newness of the kingdom didn't mean an utter rejection of the oldness of the, the law. It was a fulfillment of the old and an introduction of the new. So Jesus this isn't the whole thing i don't think but at the very least jesus is saying i respect and revere the law and the law says you're to do this in your situation so there's that one thing revering the law and not he's not sending out a message that now he's an utter rebel and he's come to destroy the the religious foundations all around he's come to fulfill them and he's come to 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 reveal the god behind them um, but I think as well as that, there's what we talked about earlier as the, the objective verification of his, um, of his healing so that the man could be properly reintroduced to society. Ah, yes, yes. Otherwise, he would just be a man claiming that this man called Jesus has made him well. Well, sorry, why should we believe you? Well, check it out get the priest's verification what jesus is concerned about is not just the physical healing as we've yeah. mentioned before about this whole situation about the man's um social uh interaction yes absolutely um and and this that's the the, the crux of jewish life is the family the community the synagogue he can now be part of this again wow i don't know how long he's been away from it it's, probably a long time yeah um but now he's it's all new for him and available for him but he has to go through these these checks first um and then also to stop you know part of the checks were if you read leviticus it's all about sacrifices made in order to say thank you to god yes and to 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 and, and all that that implies you know with uh, with uh, forgiveness of sin and, and you know jesus doesn't spell it all out here but it's all inherent in the in the old priestly um priestly application of these laws right that really helps thank you so much phil i think there are only a couple more questions to go but 
One of them is about the significance of this story for us today. And I think we've touched on that, I think, already, but there may be other things that we can say. But before that, I, I wondered, is there anything else in the passage you think that's worth mentioning which we haven't covered so far? I think we've covered most of it um, as to what is directly described here. Um, and, and isn't it just beautiful how it's so brief and understated when really you could have a chapter's worth on this incident alone and and uh, it's just there factually um, listed and um, it's it's interesting by the way reading reading Luke's version of it Luke the doctor now he doesn't just say this man has got leprosy oh no Dr. Luke says, this man has an advanced case of leprosy. <laughs> or the phrase literally, he was filled with leprosy. Right. Which actually adds another very interesting element to it. Because this man was very had a bad, bad case of leprosy. It was very advanced. Um, and so, uh, you know, the doctor points that out. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I think it's all... It's all um, we, we've talked about the detail. I may, I, the, there are one or two personal and present day applications, I think, that we can take from it. So if, we, if you want me to, yeah. to, to let, let's do to that straight away, Steph. Yeah, let's, let's do that, Phil. That sounds great. Anything? Okay. Well, I mean, I would, I would think that it, 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 for us to read it today and not just read it as a history, historical incident wasn't that interesting that Jesus did that to that man then but we we've got at least two things going on on here for us now I would suggest we've got the fact that this Jesus is still the same Jesus today yeah. and so therefore though he is not here with us in person in the flesh on earth we can come to this same Jesus and know that he will be as willing to engage with me in all my uncleanness, be that moral, physical, or in any other capacity or area of my life. He is willing to engage with that. And if I'm humble enough to ask for his healing and help and forgiveness, he will willingly more than willingly, filled with compassion towards me, he will respond in the same way. Not, huh. not distance, as we were saying earlier, not yep. distaste at all, but compassion, acceptance. Every time. Mm. Every time he will. I mean, that's a big, big deal, isn't it, really? Because uh, we all need it. <laughs> there is not a single human being who doesn't need to receive recognize and receive the compassion of yes. jesus which is then translated and applied to us in actual being touched by him i think you and i have both experienced that not only initially when we first came to know lord jesus but also many many times yes then can I, would it be fair, would you mind if I just mention a story that happened to me about this and uh, I hope would be of help to some who might be listening. And um, I say, I've read this story many times as Phil has. Um, 
but recently I've taken to reading the gospel stories and trying to imagine what it must have been like to actually see the story, uh, if you like, the, the places, the people, to feel the atmosphere, the heat and smell, the, the smells, all sorts of things. And in a way that's, you know, it's, it's got quite a tradition in, in Christian spirituality. And I did it recently with, with this story. And um, I was really struck, Phil, by what happened because I imagined myself as the leper here. Mm. And um, not only was I obviously horrified with the fact that I had disease and I was desperate for the, the disease to be healed and for me to be cleansed, but I was painfully aware in, in my guise as the leper of the hostility that everyone else in the crowd felt towards me. Mm. Not only did they not want to know me, there was absolute horror at my being there in the first place. Mm. And as I walked towards Jesus, um, I felt the shame of that. Mm. But I remember in my mind's eye, as it were, looking ahead and uh, looking into the eyes of Jesus himself and there I saw everything that you've described, um, complete compassion, understanding, acceptance, no rejection whatsoever. And for me as an individual now in Stefan Smart in the 21st century, this really spoke to me. And I, I wonder whether it will speak to all of us in some way or another, because I think each of us carries with us a sense of uncleanness, um, of shame and how we feel we are and how we feel we're seen by others. The difference between how we feel we're seen by others and how we're seen by Jesus couldn't be more stark. Mm. Um, because where others look upon us, perhaps even our most loving uh, relatives and friends, there's an element of conditionality about it they're never going to be purely unconditional in their regard for us. Mm. But for Jesus, it is completely unconditional mm. compassion, no matter what we're like, no matter how we feel about ourselves. Yes. I think that's, for me, that's, you know, the abiding memory of this particular passage. And yes, very good. Very good. Well, Phil, it's been, it's been an absolute joy. Uh, thank you so much. Um, I can't wait to, advertise this podcast more widely and for people to to listen to you i do hope you'll come back again uh, at another stage it has it hasn't been a complete disaster for you but i know i know you feel i hope you feel that it's been worthwhile um i do i do thank you so much steph it's been great having this conversation with you and uh and uh thank you for inviting me to do it it's a pleasure god bless you phil and speak soon bye bye bless you If you enjoyed this episode of Question Mark and don't want to miss any future episodes, make sure to click on the subscribe button. This also means other people can find the podcast and join the conversation. We'd also love if you could leave a review so we know what was good and what we can improve for future episodes. Join us and our special guest next time where we'll continue to explore the greatest story ever told together. If you want to get involved with the podcast or have any questions or comments in the meantime, please do get in touch using the I Am Mark social media channels. We'd love to hear from you. 
We'll light it up, we won't come down And the sun can't stop us now Watching it come true, it's taking over you This is the greatest show Where it's covered in all the colored lights And the runaways are running the night Impossible comes true, it's taking over you This is the greatest show